welcome back to episode again we don't know we haven't been <laughs> keeping track of um but episode many numbers and uh today i'm joined again with my very very lovely host uh erin over here and hello, yeah we're hello, gonna... hello. Oh, yeah, how you been erin how was your week not too bad fella not too bad you're the one who had the uh small operation so how you been it's been a long week i can't even front um yeah it's a fate it's like it, it was a mouth operation a face operation mm. and it's quite intrusive so yeah, well we're, we're glad you're back because doing the episode on my own was absolutely painful um mm. so yeah i'm glad i'm glad i got my uh, co-host back but mm. uh, oh, thank yeah. You. yeah yeah let's get let's get right into it then steve let's get into it then evan what's going on in the u.s i heard there was some big news about abortion laws or something like that can you help divulge this or expand on this as you know, there's been this recent leak in the Supreme Court draft opinions in which it's been noted that the Supreme Court is poised to strike down abortion rights enshrined by Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Now, this is a federal right that allows women to decide to abort um, any pregnancy which they deem as being unable to carry to full term. And following this, there's been a call for uh, no exemption abortion laws. Now, what are uh, no exemption abortion laws? So I'll read through basically what, what it's about. So Republicans were largely dismissive when in 2019, a small group of extreme anti-abortion activists called on the party to reconsider its decades old view that laws restricting abortion in the US ought to be exempt for victims of rape and incest. But since then, there's been a change in Republican thinking. At least 11 states, including Alabama, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, and Texas, have passed legislation that bans abortion without any such exceptions. Where Republicans once believed that absolute bans were unpalatable and toxic with voters, the party's legislators have now adopted the language once promoted by the most extreme anti-abortion activists in the country, who say that any such exceptions are prejudice against children conceived in rape and incest. It is our view that the value of human life is not determined by the circumstances of one's conceptions at birth, said one letter by proponents of absolute bans. A child conceived in rape is still a child. While most of the laws have been blocked by US courts for now, the expected reversal of Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 decision that made abortion legal in the US, would almost immediately or soon as practical put the bans into effect. It means that in many states, restrictions on reproductive rights will be more extreme than they were before Roe which was passed nearly 50 years ago. Okay. So, Steve, what do you think now that you've heard that? So, my understanding is that there was a, in certain states, or is it in certain states, or is it all of the no, US? Roe v. Wade is federal, so I believe that means throughout America, right? And there's a, a law that says basically you have the right to decide whether or not to have an abortion as a woman. Right, right. And this is all cases, basically, this gives it. Yeah, basically. Right I mean, you you have a right over you have agency over your own body, is my okay. understanding. Okay, and then what what what's the proposal? What are they changing exactly? So they're so changing the, the, the proposal fact that... would be to get rid of that on a federal level, and then each state would be able to make their own abortion laws. So as I mentioned, there's eleven states which want to put in no exemption abortion laws, meaning you aren't allowed to have an abortion, and. Mm -hmm you know, before they had specific instances where they would say if it's by a rape or incest, you are allowed to have an abortion, but they want to get rid of that as well. So you just simply cannot have an abortion. Mm, okay. So that for me, there's two parts to this. 
the first part is giving power more to the states than the federal government, which I'm not necessarily against. But the second part of this is the uh, what was it? No exemption um, idea, which I think is wrong, actually. Um, so if, if if you're telling me like, oh, so what what they're doing is to allow different states to tweak their laws according to because each state is basically a big country if you think about it in the US. So of course there's going to be like difference in opinions and culture, whatever. I wouldn't necessarily be against that, but what, what I'm against is the um, the no um, exemption rule, which is really really stupid. Because of course, if it's going to cause harm to anyone, especially the person who's going through it, like why would you? I'm talking at the minimum level, yeah. The minimum level is what well, if you know it's going to cause imminent harm to an individual? Why would you ban it? That for me that doesn't make sense, and or. This is me giving the like you know pushing the boundary completely, like to go and do that. If they do implement that, that's really really stupid for the state, in my opinion. I'm really against that. But in terms of like, uh, if it's in, in terms of like the idea of uh, allowing each state to basically uh, form it according to their state, I'm not necessarily against that. If that makes sense. Like, what, what do you think about that, Evan? Of those two like separate points that I tried to put point. Uh, both points I'm against because mm. I'm I'm someone who's solely against the state deciding what you can and cannot do with your own body. It doesn't matter about the society that you live in or the cultural expectations of others. I think everybody has a right to agency to decide what they want to do with their own body, and it shouldn't be a case of um, oh, unless you're in imminent danger, you you can't have an abortion or unless these specific circumstances are filled in, you can't have an abortion. There's many reasons as to why a person might want to have an abortion. Just because you, you know, um, conceived in a way that wasn't planned doesn't mean that you should have to carry it to term. You got to think there's often an argument made that, oh, what if that child could have cured cancer? Or what if this could have happened to that child? The reality is the child is more likely to be the next Hitler, Hitler than the next uh, you know, Nobel Prize laureate. Uh, and the reason for that is nobody has an abortion for fun. Nobody uses abortion as a contraceptive. You have an abortion because you are not ready, whether it be emotionally, physically, uh, financially, to have a child. And it's ultimately down to the person who's going to give birth to the child and raise that child. Most of these laws are put into place in a way where they care about the child being a human being and a human life until the child is born. After that point, no one gives a shit. So it's up to you what happens to that kid. If that kid has a horrible life, I don't care. I've done my moral duty as a Christian or as a Muslim or as a whatever to, to force you to have this kid. And at that point, I don't care what happens to it. I, 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 I'm not arguing that point. Uh, if it, like, understand this. Like, e even between, let's say, countries around the world, uh, let's say, like, the minimum uh, time or... or uh, how do you how do you put it like i i know around the world they there's different uh time lengths of when you can actually uh introduce an abortion for example let's say it's uh, two weeks before birth or 15 weeks before obviously i'm not a biologist you probably know more than me would you think do, do you think it's um worth giving the state the um like some say on on these kind of nuances i'm not talking about the the um the right per se but in terms of the details, now obviously in the worst case scenario here, this was this is why I, I disagreed. On the worst case scenario where they they're not even looking at that full stop, that's wrong in my opinion, and I do agree with you. But in terms of um, how do you say like structuring what the law looks like, do you think that that is um, that is a variable that they should be able to play with? 
in, it's very specific to this instance what I'm discussing. I agree that every state should be able to make their own laws depending on what their people want, but I, this is a very specific scenario. Uh, and in this scenario, yes, there are different weeks at which you can have an abortion and which you can't, depending on which state or which country you live in. But most of that isn't down to what is healthy or isn't healthy for the for the woman carrying. So you can have an abortion quite far down the line. But the reason most of these places don't allow you to have it after a certain number of weeks is because it's about when you believe that the baby, the fetus, is an actual living sentient being. Yeah. And therefore the law would protect them with what the law would consider to be murder. So it's not really about whether or not it's safe or it's unsafe, but then you open up an even bigger ethical question of, you know, you believe, Stephen, let's mm. say, you believe that life begins at conception. Mm. I believe that life ble- begins at birth, let's mm. say, mm. right? Why should I now have to uphold what you believe when I'm the one that's pregnant? No, you're, you're right. But exactly. this is the so, point. So but, but this it's, is the an point. Ethical, it's an ethical standpoint of, you know, at what point do I allow somebody else's religious beliefs, for example, to play into what I can and can't, can't do but with no, my body? But this, this is the point. I don't, and I don't think it's limited to just religious belief. It's human belief and a societal belief, let's say. And this is my point of allowing the state to determine this so that we don't fall into this trap. Um, and it, so in, in this case... This is why I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate into how, given the state, the power to basically deter, like tweak these factors uh, would help the society. Now, if they completely ban it everywhere, then that's stupid. Like I said, this is not what I believe in. And I have my own opinion on where it should be pushed. But like, um, obviously, it lies, it lies within the, um, the margins, as you said before. Or uh, is it you're either at conception at birth at, at the limits? Most people uh, lie somewhere towards the middle or towards the latter end. Um, but this, this is why I'm trying to think, like, how can it be beneficial in terms of giving that control to each state? So in the specific areas, again, like I say, it's, which amounts to a whole country to make up what these rules are. Because if they do go with Roe v. Wade, they won't be able to do that. Um, uh, but, okay, if we move away from that point, I thought that was just an interesting point to bring up uh, to think sideways. I think it's really stupid for them to, um, for me, as long as the um, the health of the mother is not compromised, then that's fine. Do, 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 do you see what I mean? Like it, it shouldn't be, um, uh, what's the word? It shouldn't be illegal. Um, and I'll allow doctors to decide when that is. It shouldn't ban- be legal or illegal? Uh, it shouldn't be banned. Shouldn't be banned, yeah. <laughs> I don't know which word it is. Um and I'll let doctors determine when that is. I have no idea. So uh, for me, it's more on like a, a health uh, basis. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at with their arguments. So at the worst case scenarios, um, the arguments are saying that they don't want to allow the incestuous or rape victims to have. That is so stupid. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm looking at the corner cases now and I'm just like, now, do you know do what? You I think, think like I that? think that is important. We should talk about that, but I, I don't want to move away from the Roe v. Wade thing. So mm. Roe v. Wade, in, in essence, is literally just allowing a person to make a decision on their own body. Now, you know, overturning that and allowing laws to make states, I just feel like that's not the right way to go about it because in essence, one of them, one of the laws basically allows you to make your own decisions and another one basically lets the state decide for you when and how you can make the decision. As you said, as long as it's not a detriment to the person getting the abortion, they should have a right to 
to have one whenever they, they feel is necessary, right? And I think a lot of the arguments that are coming forward are, oh, people are just using um, abortion as contraception, which is ridiculous. So that's one of the arguments that's been made to kind of overturn Roe v. Wade and actually push these no exemption uh, laws within those 11 states. Um, and I don't think people are understanding how serious of a procedure an abortion is and how traumatic an abortion is. And so it's not that people aren't looking at it in a nuanced way and they're pushing their own beliefs, whether it be uh, political or religious or whatever you want to call it, onto people who, who, in my opinion, like as a whole, I don't agree with the state telling anyone what to do about anything. If in my in my world would have we would be lawless, you know. What I mean, I've I've made this point before anyway, but you know, I I'm very much against them overturning Roe v. Wade because what's going to end up happening then, you're not going to stop abortions, you're going to make them illegal. Mm-hmm. And it, all that's going to happen is because we've seen this happen. We've seen this happen in France. We've seen this happen in, in uh, you know, Italy, in the UK, in Turkey, in many different countries. Have Making abortions illegal doesn't stop abortions from taking place. It just stops legally safe abortions from taking place. Mm-hmm. So actually, you're going to increase the rate of mortality following a botched abortion. And you're going to increase the rate of children being born with birth defects and, uh, you know, behavior and um, developmental issues because of a botched abortion. You're going to get people trying to do abortions at home. And I'm actually seeing campaigners telling people, okay, if you want to have an abortion, here's how you can do it at home. So really by overturning Roe v. Wade, you're not actually doing it. A person who wants to have an abortion will still try to have an abortion. You're just making it unsafe. Mm. And I don't agree with, overturning that in any way shape or form and the fact that that can even be overturned in a country like america which tries to spout off how it's you know the the most forward-thinking country on earth and everyone else is backward savages for them to overturn a a law like that for me just goes to show how they're the biggest hypocrites well yeah not only the western hemisphere but globally i i I think like in terms of law so i'm I'm not looking at in terms of what the idea is but in terms of law america has always been a country to because this is what how it was founded is to give um autonomy to these states in a sense and um they've always been pro that idea uh, whether you're left or right they've always been that that pro idea to try and limit the federal government essentially and i think this is why it's quite attractive so this is why i brought up that point is to try and look into the american mind and why i think beyond the uh, efficacy or or the details of of this law is the idea of giving the states more power, which they've always been pro for, um, left or right. Um, and this is exactly what they're obviously trying to do here is to limit the federal law and give the power to the states. Um, and so this is why I think it's, I don't think it would have been such a big uproar elsewhere or not uproar, but like such a big focus if it was elsewhere, but America, because of the way the American political cultures is formed you know it's quite a um attractive proposition i think even for people let's say that are in the middle it's let's say they have a, neither an opinion for or against uh, this idea let's say you're right because of the american culture and its history and its idea of um, giving autonomy to regions uh, or stated re- uh, state regions i think they would vote for example if they were neutral for this for the sake of giving power to different states do you see what the angle I'm trying to trying to give you? Like a, an understanding. Yeah, but giving autonomy to states, why is that a good thing? Because 
<clears throat> because that's that's the whole point of the idea of American freedom. This is their idea, right? I'm not saying about but, like, but it's stupid. Do you know why it's stupid? Mm. Because mm. okay, here's another angle you can look at it from. An abortion is in essence, like I said, you having the right and the agency over your own body, which is a human right. Okay. So you're basically saying I'm so far up my own ass with this idea of what I determine to be freedom that I'm willing to basically ban a person from having their basic human rights just so that I can say, oh, I as a state control my own destiny and not the federal government. Can I give a, a counter argument? Yeah. Uh, at what point is, uh, does the child have a human right? This is what they would argue, right? Okay. At what point does a child have a human right? Again, that's like I said, that's, it depends on what exactly. you are. For me personally, again, but that, here's my argument though. It depends on the person. Who are you to say? I as the mother... I, as the person that I'm going to carry this child to term, it's down to my ethics. That's how I, that's why, that's where I stand. So I understand where you stand as well in that at some point that is a living being inside the woman's stomach. And so at some point that thing also has human rights as well. Mm -hmm. But from my standpoint, I can only speak on what I believe. What I believe is, it's dependent on whoever it is that's carrying the child. So if they decide, oh, at conception, this is now a human being and therefore deserves human rights, then fine that's up to them but if they decide i'm um, not that this would be safe but let's say they decided like eight months in that they, you know i have to get this abortion they should still have the right to do so mm. that's just the way i, I not that that would be but, safe, uh, but, but that's, uh, just the, that's just my personal standpoint but i understand i, I understand. think that that should then guide everyone else's life no. i understand i understand because i actually can't agree with you i'm playing like what they're thinking right so they would say okay at, you have to agree at some point this living thing at some point is a living thing that has human rights at some point right and they would argue, so I think the argument they would say is that you have to protect all human rights, right? This is the idea. And so, like you said, where you draw the line is going to depend from person to person. Of course, we don't live in a perfect world where each person has their own law. Um, and especially protecting the person which can't speak yet uh, has their own law because it's impossible to do. So what's the next best step is to give the decision to each region because it kind of represents the societal person in each region. Do you see, do you see, do you see the logic now that, that I'm trying to follow? So no, I understand the logic, yeah. but the, the problem with all of that is, again, mm. you're allowing other people to make the decision. Ultimately, the decision should be down to, again, like I get where you're coming from. I understand that. Like, for example, some people say uh, that life begins at conception. Some people say life begins when there's a heartbeat. Some people say life begins at... I don't know if, uh, when their brain is fully formed. Yeah, so everyone is going to have yeah. a different opinion. And yeah, yeah, you could go for, oh, what does the majority think? But this isn't one of those situations where you can just say, oh, whatever the majority thinks, I'll go with. You're talking about a person giving birth to another human being. And like I said, giving birth, it might even be considered the easy part because then you have to look after the child. Mm -hmm. If you decide you don't want to look after the child, you have to then give the child up to the state who God knows what they're going to do with the child. But it, again, it comes down to the human right uh, idea. So but at again, what point... Who can does, determine that though? But this what, is my what, point. But even if is, it's it, the majority agreeing on it, does that mean that they're right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. We, we've actually already accepted that there's going to be a range. So to say that... Yeah, exactly. A, so I think that my argument is the, the human right of the child should be determined by whoever's carrying it. But, well, you already conceded at some point the human right of a child is inherent at a point. 
there's going to be a point where it's in heaven, right? Do, would you depending agree? Depending on who, depending on who it is. So, like I said, some no, but, people might but, say that it's fine, when they have fine. a heartbeat, and some people but might they, say they, when they've got like yes, a brain formed and so yes, on. But there's a there's a range, and there's going to be a line that you have to put somewhere, right? And this is this is the point. And at that point, where the this uh, entity has the right as a human, it's a, a, a subcom it's a common or whatever the word is on the society to protect it, because that's the whole point of human rights. For example, like a, I think one of the human rights is that all children should be able to to drink water. Now, of course, you you can't tell the child, okay, you have to actually protect the right for the child to be able to have water. This is one of the human rights. So, if you give this entity a a point in in the time span where it now officially you agree has a right, whether it's at the end, whether it's at the beginning, the society must then protect it. And so, this is the idea. Okay, so this line will vary, right? And so what is the best way to accommodate for this variance is to give it so far, we haven't figured out something better in the US system is to give it to the, to each region to decide. Now, okay, uh, my personal opinion the, yeah. is uh, I'm playing, by the way, devil's advocate. So I, I know there's people behind the, the headphones probably screaming their head off. My personal opinion is more towards yours, Aaron. I'll be honest. For me, it's more about harm and um, no, so look, here, yeah. here's what, here's what, in my opinion, is the right compromise. Mm. The right compromise is you are allowed to have the abortion as long as it doesn't cause you, the person carrying the child, any physical harm. So on a medical perspective, on a mm. medical perspective, if you are medically able to have an abortion, that is the time frame in which you need to make your decision. Do you want to carry this child to term or not? Mm. And again, look, if you Roe v. Uh, Wade doesn't say, oh, yeah, when you're literally two days from giving birth, you can just uh, take a knife and stab yourself in the stomach. That's not what Roe v. Wade is. Roe v. Wade basically says it's not at the point of conception that the child has, uh, you know, what we'd call human rights. So they would also determine a medical time point, which would be, let's say, I don't know, 12 weeks or whatever. And say, okay, from that point onwards, you could, so there is actually a limit on when you can have an abortion. Like today, you can't go into uh, abortion clinic at eight months and say, oh, I want an, one abortion, please. It doesn't work that way. There already is a limit. The problem with removing Roe v. Wade and allowing these states to just determine when they want is if they say that it's at conception, then you rob the person who's carrying the child of any choice. Uh, yeah, the, Roe, the Roe v. Wade is just opening the door. This is, the, this is the point. Roe v. Wade is just opening the door. So I, I don't think it's fair to attach that's that what I'm to saying. the so time if you, span if thing. You, the thing with, um, like, yeah, that's what that's my point exactly. There's no point in sitting here talking about the time span, this and that. But ultimately, it's, a, it's about do you have the choice or do you not? If you say that the child immediately has human rights from point of conception, you're robbing the person who is carrying the child of all agency and all choice. That's the problem. So, yeah, you can say, oh, it's great that a state can make their own decisions. But at what cost? You're robbing somebody, you're robbing a member of your state of their choice. And we haven't even started talking about the no exemption stuff. So if you really talk about the no exemption stuff, they were actually discussing. So here's an example of why that is so fucked up. So mm. they were discussing this in one of their, you know, Congress or cabinet meetings. I don't know what it is in America, but and basically what they said was, so if I the guy was saying, if I was a let's say a rapist who who you know raped this person who then ended up uh, pregnant with my child and they had an abortion first of all they've now committed murder because they've killed my kid secondly could i sue them to which point the lawmakers said well you couldn't sue them but let's say you have about eight siblings all eight of your siblings could then sue the person that you raped for for money because they got they you know quote unquote killed your child 
Now, do you not like? Do you not think that's incredibly fucked up? No, but I said that from the start. So no, no, exactly. But then this is this is the thing, though. It, you know, when you part, we always talk about what precedent does a law set or what precedent does an action set. You're gonna get more and more laws like that, which are further restrictive and actually almost in support of the fucking person that's doing the rape. If you keep allowing stuff to be overturned that has been put in place in the first place. Roe v. Wade was put in place because of these issues that initially came up. You're just going back and repealing the law that was put in, which you're going to eventually have to put in again in 10, 20 years' time. There's going to be a new Roe v. Wade law that's going to come out in 10, 20 years' time because, again, you're going to see the same cycle of actions that happened before happen again. You're going backwards by repealing that law. I'm pro I th- anything I, I, that I, I, allows more I, I choice think, than this. I'll be honest. I think you're conflating extremes with the Ro- Roe v. Wade um, example. Um, no, I'm talking about now. We've moved that, on from Roe v. Wade. We're talking about the no that, exemption laws. But you're conflating the two, and I, I think this is the dangerous part. Actually, um, I think that extreme uh, level is completely wrong. But the, around the conversation of Roe v. Wade, I don't think it's relevant. If that makes sense. So, um, yeah, for sure. That I said that from the beginning. I I, I, I shot off from that angle. That that is completely wrong on the exemptions, and I don't know how they can really justify it. To be honest. Um, but I think this happens a lot in politics where, um, you know, the, 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 um, the, the laws are then conflated with these extreme, uh, outliers, um, that aren't necessarily, uh, what's the word? Um, like they, they don't have a, 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 um, substantial direct link to the idea of the law being discussed in terms of control. Um, but. Uh, this is my opinion on these kind of things. It happens a lot in politics. I actually think, mm. if I'm being honest, that you're conflating two separate things as well. Mm. In that it's one thing to allow a state to make decisions in their own right, uh, in the name of freedom, depending on what their culture and their society determines fit. And another thing to repeal laws that have been set in place because of precedent that's been set about 50 years ago, in which you're allowing, again, like I said, you're allowing, the, it's basically about, do you or do you not have a choice? You're, you're limiting a person's ability to have a choice over their own body. Mm. And you're, that's been now conflated to, yeah, but we should be able to have the freedom to make our own laws. They're two separate things, really. Because when you look at the specifics of it, yeah, I agree in theory that everyone should be, every state should be able to make their own laws depending on who lives in their state. That's why we have elections. That's why we have you know political agendas and so on. You put them forward and people vote on it and you make your decisions like that. It's another thing entirely to okay. Let, let me put it this way. That, but this is this is my point. Right. But we we're going back to the first point, right? Do you or do you not have a choice? You know, that is the question. We established at some point this entity would have human rights. At some point, whether you call it at, at the two days before, three days before, six weeks before, eight months before, whatever uh, the time span goes. At what point do you protect? His, uh, his this entity's right when you call the time do, do, do you see i think this is the crux of why it's such a big and uh polar polarizing issue like how do you determine uh when to call that point of protection um and what what is the extent of the protection as well um and i think this is why i'm trying i'm trying to get to the bottom of why it's so um what's the word like polarizing especially in the u.s as well this is what I'm trying to analyze. In I the think US, there's two parts I to think it. it's a, it's a religious issue in the US I, I, because I, I, we I, keep forgetting that they're yeah. very conservative countries. There's that. I think there's that. But I, that. Think, I think it's beyond that. I, I think it's to do with the politic, 
political uh, frame of the US, really. I think this is what it's down to. Really, it's about control and who has the control over, of course, uh, the ideas are also influenced by uh, religious ideas as well in certain regions. But for me, that's, I think, a side point. I think the main, the main idea is about who has control over uh, big topics. This is, i.e., a big topic, right? And there's such a big fuss over this big topic. Of course, uh, we said the religious stuff and uh, whatever. But really, I think it's the idea of who has the control. And I think this, for, for me, I'm trying to understand why it's such a polarizing in the US the way it is. So I think it's that. I think obviously the religious idea is also there. But it's also the idea of how do you, um, how do you protect two things which are seemingly at odds, if that makes sense. If you do accept at some point this entity has human rights at some point, the, there is a possibility of, um, what's the word, conflicting, uh, conflicting um, agencies, let's say. Yeah? One, the possibility is that one person, obviously the mother, would want to get rid of it. And then the other one would say, you, we accepted that at this point it has human rights. How do we now, uh, which one takes president? That's the question. I think and, the mother takes is, president. But again, this is down to my point. individual opinion. So this I understand point, that that's not something that you can blanket statement over everyone else. And, and so what they would say is <clears throat> this, and I think this is a talking point, that what they would say is instead of giving this to a federal entity, this control over the whole, uh, which is essentially a continent, we want to give this uh, to each state. And again, like, that's what I mean. I think this is why it's such a big topic because it's, it's like that on steroids. It's, it's the idea of, you know, what, is, what does it mean to be American in terms of politics with this, uh, with this emotional state of like uh, human rights and whatever. It's like, you know, the two combination makes such a big topic in the US because I think in the UK, it wouldn't be as big as it is in the US, if that makes sense, the story. Um, or, or in other countries, because we know it's happening in other countries, but it's not that big of a shout. And I think the reason why it's such a big of a shout in the US is that political uh, landscape as well. It's, it's like um, directly attacking the core ideas of what is America, as well as this being an emotional subject, which it's bound to be. Um, so th this is me doing an analysis. Uh, my opinion on the thing is more about harm versus uh, good. So there should be, it shouldn't be, I, I don't like the idea of a fixed time span. If I'm going to give my personal uh, opinion, I don't like the idea of, oh, it's definitely at eight months. It's definitely at I think at each point you need to assess, let's say even a day before, yeah, the person wants to do it. You need to assess, okay, what is the harm? What is the benefit? What is the good? And make a decision on that. Do you know what? I think a lot of, a lot of issues surrounding this topic are based on people don't understand what an abortion is. So of mm -hmm. course, when you go in to have an abortion, you don't just walk in and a guy jabs a metal instrument uh, up there and just scrapes the baby out. You have to do, with every medical procedure, you would have to do a risk assessment beforehand anyway. So this isn't like a, a thing that is done just on a whim where someone just turns up and says, give me an abortion. So all of this stuff that, you know, about, oh, is it is it medically, you know, um, is this a medically just procedure to do You'll be assessed. I mean, there's been there have been many instances, quite a high percentage actually, of uh, where somebody's wanted an abortion, but the the surgeon or whoever is there has refused for a number of medical reasons, for a number of you know extenuating circumstances and such. So it's not really. I think a lot of it is kind of down to people not really understand. Because what I'm seeing from the discourse that's been playing out in America is 
a lot of the conversation is being done by people who maybe don't have a medical background in in this topic who like i said previously view it as oh yeah you just go and get an abortion and you use it as a form of contraceptive like yeah it's a stupid argument like yeah, this you, is a very low level argument but i think they exist on both sides by the way these low level arguments of people also saying oh it's because you're religious not i don't think that's necessarily the case i think this is actually a and part of the harm good uh, analysis has to be the point that we've been uh, bragging on about about the human right of the individual at what point do you, part of it needs to be at what point do we call it but even then i'll give you an example let's say you get down to two days before right and uh you say that let's say in the state they say that oh eight months before it's considered a human being or whatever it has rights that you need to protect for me even two days before if it then threatens the life of the mother then she should be able to get rid of do you see my point so but I think, anyway, back to the main point that you were making about these polarizing, stupid arguments. I think both sides make a big generalization and really, uh, you know, stupid uh, one, one-dimensional arguments to justify each other. For example, the one that you gave, of course, is so like beyond belief stupid that it can be used as a contraception. That's really dumb. And then on the other side, they do generalize and say you're all religious nuts which I don't think is the case. I think this is a human issue, actually, is the point of contention that we're talking about. Even someone who agrees with you, Aaron, would give a different line on where this would be considered, uh, you, you know, the human rights would be applied. We, we know this will happen. So I, I think this is a more complex conversation than it's portrayed in the media. In the media, they would like to portray it as blue and red, right? Either you're an idiot on this side or you're an idiot on the other side. And here's the two idiot ideas and throw it across. When in reality, it's a spectrum, People lie in the middle mostly, and we, we need to have a mature conversation on how to deal with this best. Do you, you know see what? what I, I no, but the thing is, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you in any way. I agree with you. It's just at some point you have to make a um, my God, words are eluding me at the moment. So like, you have to you, you have to it. find a middle ground mm. of what you agree with. So I believe that the kind of Roe v's Wade thing, the middle ground was okay up until it is no longer medically uh, safe to do so you have a right to an abortion depending on who you are and what your personal beliefs are as long as it's medically still doable and you are you know there's no medical um, exemption applied to this situation you have a right to you know have an abortion um it's, it's down to you as a person what you believe and what you don't believe so i feel like you know, again, if you're looking at a specific that, law, no, but I understand, I get yeah. that. But what I'm saying is, whether or not you agree with that, somewhere along the line, a middle ground has to be found, and you know, the middle ground has to be something, right? And we've we've already discussed, but the argument with allowing you know those particular states to pass those particular no exemption laws is that there no is no exemption middle ground. is not what I agree with. No exemption laws is really, really this is uh, like extremism in my opinion. Um, yeah, no, but we're discussing yeah, yeah. that we're discussing the real life the events that are unfolding before our eyes, which is that when the Roe v. Wade gets overturned, those no exemption laws will be put into place in those eleven states. That's what possible. we're discussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm again, I'm speaking about very specific circumstances. I feel like Roe v. Wade, Wade, whether or not you agree with it, is is the culmination of precedent, legal precedent that's been set over fifty years ago, or whenever it was due to things that have actually happened you know legal precedent has now been set saying okay this is the middle ground that we've accepted the problem with when you repeal that in these in these specific 
instances of these 11 states is that they completely say, okay, no choice. So there isn't a middle ground being selected there. It's one side says, okay, this is what's going to happen and you have no say over it. No exemption. That's what it means. No, so no. That's where, that's where the... So I for don't me, think so. I look, honestly, I couldn't care less mm. about America, what they do, <laughs> what decision they have about anything in terms of, mm. do you want to repeal Roe v. Wade? Go for it. Fine. Whatever. Do whatever the fuck you want. But then it sets a precedent because now mm. that same movement that kind of uh, grew in America has now shifted over to Europe and to the UK. So we have to put in, we have to say, okay, well, yeah, fine. You can repeal your Roe v. Wade thing. But then if we say, oh yeah, that's fine for you to also put in exemption, no exemption laws and so on and so forth. Then what happens when that idea now moves over to the UK? It doesn't work in the UK. Yeah, it, would, exactly. it, it, it wouldn't work because we, we're not the same country. We don't have the same political See, system. That's interesting. That's interesting same, that you mm. say that because about, you know, as from the news article that I read about like two, three years ago, this being repealed, Roe v. Wade being repealed, it seemed like it wouldn't happen at all. In the same way that, you know, it doesn't matter. Let's just change the topic from that. Even if you talk about something as benign now and as mind numbing as like Brexit, for example, no one thought that would happen either. Mm. These things don't happen overnight anyway. You set a precedent in one country and then over time, slowly but surely, you know, an idea starts to gain a bit of traction. And before you know it, you start passing these laws. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, honestly, you know, when it came, comes right down to it, the way I view it is that Roe v. Wade was a legal precedent set where people were arguing nonstop and the federal government said, okay, fine, we're going to put in this middle ground, whether or not you like it. And you just, you know, it, at that point is down to the individual, as long as it's medically still doable, you can do what you want. The problem with repealing it, is that there actually isn't a problem with repealing it. Go for it. You repeal it, but then what you see is, no exemption laws start coming in. And that's where the problem lies. And that's why the precedent was set in the first place. So it's, it's you know, we can go back and forth and argue about this till the cows come home. But mm -hmm. ultimately, I think we both agree that the no exemption laws stuff. I think, yeah, the no, the no exemption law is re really, really stupid. Um, yeah, so it, but, it's kind yeah. of like, you know, I know that I can do this thing that in, in essence might not necessarily be wrong. It allows more autonomy to states. But I know that if I repeal this law, what I'm going to get is Thanos. Would you still do it? Do you know what I mean? That, <laughs> that's the, yeah, like, yeah. it's just one of those things where you, it doesn't matter where you stand on it. Um, everyone's going to have their own opinion and everyone's going to go back and forth. But I think, yeah, I, I think I, I unanimously think, we can say that no, no exemption law. No exemption. So if that, I yeah. give my final, like, uh, summarization, yeah. no exemption law is an extreme idea. It's basically ISIS, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, the idea, I, I don't think Roe v. Wade is a middle ground. I think Roe v. Wade was just the opening of the door, right? And I think this is the point. We need to now have a good conversation about what is a middle ground, does it vary, and how do we deal with the variance in a fair way? I think this is the, the fair conversation that needs to be had because if you don't deal with it, no exemption comes out. This is, like, this is what happens when you don't deal with ideas um, and you, you don't um, qualify them. They come out as extreme ideas, i.e. when we see with Trump and... Uh, border issues etc you know if if you don't allow the conversation to happen they come out in unhealthy ways welcome to the unhealthy way here it is so as a society they need to come together have a conversation understand that people are going to differ and that actually no one's going to be right on this and you need to come up with a framework that works for most people this is my opinion um but anyway that was a very uh, juicy topic Aaron. <laughs> yeah i can't like we're just going to discuss it real quick and move on to the next one but
you know, this is one of those issues that have been discussed mm. for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years, if we're being honest. So yeah, yeah. you and I weren't going to um, sort this out in one sitting. So no, I think we sorted yeah. it. I think in the end, I think we got the right thing. I don't know. I think. No, but you know what? You and I, are, we agree on a lot of, like, we're basically the same person with most things anyway. So you and I can come to a, you know. A, but it's interesting. But you know what's Middle ground-ish. I don't think other people can. You know what's interesting? We actually kind of have like, because um, I, my my understanding is that you're open to it, whatever whatever the case. Really, the um, the uh, the idea is that it's really on the the mother's uh, decision. Yeah, for me, me, it's down to the mother, unless there's a medical situation that says otherwise. Which you know, obviously, there's a whole mm. list of exemptions. I'm not going to go through them now. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course, of course, yeah. Um, but for me, there is a conversation of at what point does this individual have rights? At what point, right? And if you say no point, okay, fine, that's your thing. Most people will give a point at some, uh, they're going to give a time. And the idea for me is like, how do you protect that? Or should it be protected? So I, I think we differ, but actually in terms of the framework of, on how to operate, we agree. No, yeah, that? no, I do. I do agree. I do mm. agree. I, I don't disagree with you in that everyone has their own time frame of when they view the, the fetus as having a, a life and therefore human rights. My only, I think our only disagreement is I'm saying that if there is a disagreement on when the fetus becomes a human, mm. the, this ultimate decision should be by the person who's actually carrying the child, who has responsibility over the child. Mm. Um, that's where we have the different in, in they decide in, when it's human i think that's when it's yeah. uh that's when it yeah. gets dangerous a little bit <laughs> yeah because um, obviously yeah. you know arguments can be made that well what is that person's medical qualification and so on so for me the medical qualification side of it would be okay when is it actually medically safe mm. uh, you know that, that again this is we can go back and forth it's on a this, big we, conversation you know maybe we can even do a specific episode on this topic and actually call in people from either side of the argument that'd be really discussion. good so if people mm. want to hear us do that, then, you know, send us a message and maybe we'll look into it. But um, I think I think if we keep going on this topic, we yeah, won't stop. So maybe side. let's change yeah. the topic a little bit. Mm. Um, Something a bit, a bit more like that. So yeah. what else is it? What's happened this week? Um, there was the elections. Uh, so I think local council elections happened um, in the UK. And surprise, surprise, you know, the Conservative dropped a few seats. First of all, first of all, I want to big up Ahmed. Well done for... Um, so he came onto our show earlier on. He's very much involved in labor politics and he got the council role for, was it um, Tottenham? It's White Hart Lane, yeah. White so he's Hart a Haringey councillor now. So who would have thought? Someone I, I used to play with football back in the day is now a local councillor. So I've got friends, yeah. Don't mess with me. Yeah, we've got friends in higher places, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so congratulations to him. But did you see, did you, because I think they lost one of the biggest constituencies in well, well areas such as Westminster which they've never lost before the Conservatives mm. and um, I believe there was another area as well in Central which they've lost which is again never ever in the history of politics been lost before I think they lost think... Wandsworth as well which they've never lost before I'm, I'm yeah sure, but, I yeah. think it was Wandsworth do you think this is like a, a sign for the next election that the Conservatives are going to lose a lot of seats do you think that's going to happen yeah I think they're going to try and oust uh, Boris now but He's mm. so shameless that he won't leave unless they call for the, what was it, 19 whatever committee and just like force him out. He won't resign. So, um, but this is obviously a good indicator as to what will happen in a you know nationwide election for MPs, which will ultimately decide the prime minister. Um, I think, mm. yeah, for sure, this is not a good sign for the Conservative Party. What, what's your thoughts on local government though, man? Local government, you know what it is, yeah? I think my issue with is just with government. I think we had this conversation before, and um, my issue with the people that we're electing, 
Like when I look at their CVs, they're just career politicians most of the time. Like they're in politics because they're in politics. And when you ask them like, oh, what experience do you have outside of this realm? No, the experience is just politics, i.e. climbing ladders. And um, I don't know, maybe it's a controversial view, but I don't think people like that should be allowed to get into politics. I think you should yeah. you should have like a an appreciation of sectors or real world application before you should be uh, eligible to get into the political scene. Otherwise, we're just here like doing, you know, who's kissing, who's ass the best, basically. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm gonna. This might sound weird coming from me, but actually, I absolutely agree with you. I think, um, I think if you're somebody who, for example, is fresh out of union with no real life experience in in industry or academy or anything like that, you shouldn't be able to run for a political seat because, honestly, what real life experience do you have? Um, and I understand that there's the argument of. Uh, well, a younger politician will be able to relate to the younger masses more. But I know a whole bunch of people who are like our age, you know, 26, 27, who have a ton of real world experience, who've been working and, uh, you know, have been part of the quote unquote real world and who understand what it means to live in these areas and what these areas need going forward, who I would rather have than mm. these, as you said, career politicians who you know, a guy comes straight out of union, immediately gets a role with Labour and immediately wins the seat because they're a member of the Labour Party or a member of the Conservative Party or a member of whichever party is dominant in that area. Um, because realistically, what if you're going in through a party, you're basically saying, OK, I'll tow the party line. Um, I would I would love to see more independence win, especially in local elections. But it's not possible, is it, Aaron? Because we, it's not. It's not. It's like absolutely it, not. It takes a lot of effort to, first of all, even run for these positions. So, in a sense, actually, unless you are a career politician, you can't dedicate time, you know, outside of your real job, which, if you're a career politician, it is politics, to do this. So it's like a catch twenty two. Like we want these people to run, but at the same time, it's not possible because they'll be living, like you said, uh, real world lives, <laughs> and at the same time, trying to push for that. When if you are a career politician, that is your sole focus. So maybe that's why we only get career politicians. Yeah, I'm a strong advocate of younger people getting into politics, but I'm not an advocate of a young person who has no life experience going straight from university or straight from like sixth form into politics. Um, I think you got, again, middle grounds we're talking about a lot here. But personally, if you ask me, oh, here's this kid who, you know, um, just finished university with a political science degree or whatever and now is running as seat for the conservatives in i don't know uh, kensington would you prefer it to be that kid or would you prefer it to be uh, john who has about 30 years of experience working within various departments of i don't know healthcare who now has decided that enough is enough he's going to run for his local election uh, seat he's going to become the councillor or whoever uh, would you prefer him instead? I would a hundred times out of a hundred pick pick John with the twenty years of life experience that he has over the kid who's just got a political science degree, whose mm. entire life is dedicated to becoming a figure in the political scene. Yeah, and f- but for me, it's not it's not like uh, it's not excluding people. For example, let's say that you've worked in I don't know, um, like you, you were working in the local. Uh, youth, youth, um, what they call like youth centers, and you've done yeah. that for like, let's say five to six years. Then you've come out and you want to run with the sole focus of improving youth services. Mm. I prefer to vote for you. Let, I'll be, I'll be totally honest. So, 
it doesn't matter on the what's the word like um the job the, doesn't matter to me i'm gonna be the honest job with doesn't you. Matter, if, yeah. if the guy was a shopkeeper an off-license guy I'd, I'd prefer that guy as well because again he knows the area he's lived in that area he knows what it's like to be a you know a constituent of that you know of that area so he, he he knows what that area will need so for example i'll give you a very specific example i'm going to snitch right now yeah so i really want if the police if any police officers are listening to this because i know there are please listen to this on fourth street in tottenham that whole road is riddled with prostitution drug dealers gangs everything what i want from my local council is to do something about the fucking crime and mm. we know exactly where the crime is being committed why is no one getting arrested why is nothing happening like as the council surely you should be guiding the police in your in your local police station to that road for example i'm giving you the road that's the road where everything happens it's the main road like do something do you know what i mean yeah yeah but the problem, the problem i have yeah. is if you're a career politician and all you're really doing is towing the line for whichever party you're running for What's going to end up happening is you're going to come to power and you're not going to do absolutely anything because the guy before you did nothing and that was okay with the party. Yeah, as long as you towed party lines. And I, I think this is a problem even in business. I mean, I see it at, at work as well. Um, you know, there are people that are really good at their job, but they don't necessarily have the status, if that makes sense, as a leader in the business. But the people that are leaders in the business, when you analyze their career, They've only jumped from leadership position to another leadership position. Is is again? Is the idea of being a a uh, what's the word? A ladder career person instead of being good at what you're doing. And I think this is just an issue with bureaucracy. Actually, in the end, um, it's like you said. Like they'll just get into that position, tow party lines, right? Without dealing with necessarily local topics that are pertinent, unless you're a very good politician, and then move up. This is the idea. Whereas if it was someone who actually cares. You know, they'd stay there for quite a long time to try and fix these problems and tackle them directly. Like you said, the Tottenham one is so obvious. Like, I can give you the postcode, my guy. Like, just go. Bro, I can literally show you which corners the drug dealers and the prostitutes stand at. Do you know what I mean? Like, make some arrests. Do you know what I mean? Like, make some, mm. you know, do something. Like, if, for example, yeah, Steve, let's discuss this. Yeah. If I was to be running for, mm. you know, local government, what I'd say is, okay, cool. I'm going to put up a bunch of street lights. I'm going to have at least, five or six police officers patrolling up and down these areas that we know have high levels of crime. Uh, I'm going to put funding into, you know, social housing and into education. Yeah. These are going to be my four things and I've listed them in the priority that I have. So obviously I know the funding isn't never ending, but I'll start off with trying to decrease the amount of crime. And that includes by increasing the number of policing, uh, patrolling police officers on specific hotspots. And, and mm. then I'll work my way down from there. Mm. To me, that sounds like a reasonable thing to do, and it sounds like something that can be done. So why isn't it being done? <laughs> yeah, 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 like that road in particular has been a problem for like since well, I was a child we born, for twenty bro. years, bro. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So at what point is someone from either local council or MP K Osmo who who is going to do something about that goddamn road? Can start David Lammy, sorry, who who's going to do something about that? David Lammy, that's another career politician right there. Absolutely. Man, fuck that guy, honestly. <laughs> the thing is, look, my parents didn't raise a sellout, so I would never vote for the Tories, but my God, does David Lammy make it difficult for me to support anything to do with Labour and uh, Edmonton slash uh, Enfield slash Tottenham. They make it very difficult. Those two MPs have done fuck all since they've been in charge. 
Mm. And the local council has been absolutely abhorrent since they've been in charge as well. And this is a very labor area. Yeah. Which is why I'm very much looking forward to when we can finally break the chains of um, two party politics and maybe get some independent people in there. Yeah, I think the issue is that you see, you're seeing there's no progress in the topics. It's the same problems for the last like 20 years, 25 years. And then you start to question like, if it's the same people with the same problems, like what is going wrong? Or have they highlighted, you know, the root problems and tried to tackle them? Like for, for me, it's quite, for me, if you want to fix the next generation, you have to focus on the vulnerables now, today. Today, there's going to be vulnerable kids that we know what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? There's going to go two ways. So how do we now integrate them and support them to becoming actual people in society? Do you know what I mean? And the, the idea is not to throw them to uh, Primark jobs, because by the way, they will never go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? is obvious where they're going to end up. Is to give them actual ambition, yeah, give them actual direction and give them the belief that they're going to be able to achieve what they want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, for me, it's like so obvious and so basic and just go and do it. But ah, if I speak, but anyway, yeah. politics. So no, no, actually, no, you know, no, no, before we move on, let me make a really clear point about something here. So the Enfield uh, uh, Council, you bunch of bums. Yeah, they're, they're giddy with the idea of expanding the incinerator in North London, which is in Enfield, uh, which is part of the Enfield Council. It's near the IKEA Um they're giddy about it. They want to expand it. And I'm pretty sure that incinerator burns the majority of the trash in, in uh, North London. People who live where you and I live, Steve, mm. have about five years less on their expected life expectancy. They have much higher rates of asthma and much higher rates of cancer because we're literally breathing in the fumes of this incinerator, which they're now hoping to expand. And the positioning mm. of the incinerator, it, it, we're literally downwind from it. So the more affluent areas of Enfield are uh, upwinds of it. So literally within one council, depending on which side of that council you live on, whether it's the affluent or the poor one, your life expectancy is decreasing significantly and your rate of cancer and asthma are increasing significantly. And mm. you, you dirty bastards, are going to turn around and you're going to say, yeah, let's expand that incinerator even more. There's been, you know, I, I don't know if people are aware, but mm. there's been many, many protests in our area against that incinerator being expanded. And that is a Labour council. So I didn't vote in my last election. I said, fuck that. Why am I? Because I know Labour's going to win. And I, the only other alternative is the Tories. And I will never vote for the Tories. I just didn't vote. That is what we're left with. We're left with having to vote for, you know, two evils. <laughs> and they say, oh, the lesser evil. There is no lesser evil right now. In my eyes, there is no lesser evil. You know what's going on with that incinerator and you're still voting for it. And you want me to come out and give you support. No way. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> like, I, honestly, just go fuck yourselves. There's no way I'm ever going to ever gonna vote Labour in, in my area again until there's a good independent uh, candidate and then I'll vote for them. Do you know what the issue, though, is? Is the fact that independent, like, local politics is intertwined with the, um, the national and national politics. I think this is my problem is that they're not independent of each other. And so you, you have to get involved if you want to affect also the national one, which is really annoying because you, you okay, know, well, I guess I'm case. waiting for a new party. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for a new party. Maybe we should create one, Steve, because honestly, 
like words can't express my disdain towards my local council. I hate my local council. Like if there's one thing that I'm very passionate about in this life is seeing my local council just like be decimated. I fuck my local <laughs> council. Honestly, I hate my local. Like you hear the passion in my voice. This isn't a joke for me. I hate them. I actually hate my local council. So I'm laughing from anger. I hate them. Yeah, yeah. This is deep in the heart. I have to feel that. I was, I was laughing with tears. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm crying. Like, I'm like laughing through my pain at the moment, bro. And then let's get back to the topic though of yeah, yeah, the on. conservative versus Labour thing. So, mm-hmm. are you going to call it? Do you think that Boris Johnson is going to leave? Do you think he's Mr. Johnson? Do you think he's gone? Like I said, he will never, you know, mm. step down himself. So it's down to them doing what they've done with Theresa May and everything, and just actually forcing him out. Do you um, think they, they'll be able to do that though? Do you think they I have? Think the, so, yeah. Yeah, I, think so. I don't know, man. I think he's gone through way too much now. He's past the line. I think he what, could lose like what, a million. Nah, nah, do you know what he's done? He he's actually not stupid. People, he he plays the buffoon so that people underestimate him. But really, what he's done is he's surrounded himself with, um, you know, people who were previously done for in in a career in politics, and he's given them high positions because that then means that they are loyal to him. Like Pretty Patel had a whole scandal where she went over to yeah. Israel, I believe, without. I yeah, do you remember? Like where she was doing all this illegal shit. Her career should be done there, then and there. But she actually got a promotion from Boris. Mm. And so do you think dog. that when yeah. it comes right down to it, she will be on his side or against him? Now they are vultures. They could turn their backs on him. I'm not saying they won't, but I feel like if he if he survives, it will be because of that. Mm. But realistically, if they were to say we're going to force him out, if the backbenchers started saying, "Now nah, we're losing local uh, seats, local election seats, um, so we want Boris out, I don't think he can survive unless something like that happened. Mm-hmm. But he will not quit himself. I know Boris. I know the type of person Boris is. He will mm. never quit. Yeah, he won't. He's yeah, a fighter. He's going down. You're going down with me. Like, I can, you know, I can respect yeah, yeah. it. In the sense- it's mutually assured destruction. Like, yeah, he, will yeah. not, he will not allow himself to be, uh, to, to, you know, step down and go through that humiliation. He will literally force them to kick him out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, th- I think he's, he's a fighter in the end. And that's one thing I kind of respect of him. <laughs> the shamelessness like, of it is, shameless. I don't know if I respect you or if I just disgust me, but yeah. like he's It's like extreme shameless. self-belief. You know, he yeah, believes yeah. in himself so much that he's willing to burn the whole ship down. Bro, there's a video going around of him saying how he studied like ancient Greek or something. Mm. And he recites a whole poem in supposed ancient, ancient Greek. And then somebody who actually is a professor of ancient Greek, you know, language was mm. like, I have no clue what this man just said. That's the level of self-belief this idiot has in himself. Like, you know what I mean? He's, he's like not Mike just going to leave. <laughs> yeah, man, he's not going to leave, man. He's a, he says, I'm Alexander, you know, like he, he's yeah, yeah. he's that guy. He's he's not going to just leave. You have to force him out. So mm. it's just a matter of when the Tory party has had enough, which I think will be very soon. All right, here's another question. Do you think that they will lose the next election, whether he goes or stays? Do you think this is a sign that they're going to lose... I've uh, said it before election. and I'll say it again, never underestimate the sadomasochism of the British public. They mm-hmm. love to suffer. So you never know. Maybe if they get rid of him and put in somebody like uh, Rishi Sunak or uh, Michael Gove or someone like that, or, you know, whoever, maybe the British public will be swayed. But I don't know. It might be too little too late. When mm-hmm. is the next elections anyway? It's in like That's a, a very good two, question. I think it's in two years, but um, let me Google yeah, it. So I, I don't know if by then they'll be able to rectify the damage that they've done. 
Mm. Yeah, it's, and I, I think once they put in, if they put in Richie Sunak, I don't think anyone would vote for him. This is my opinion. I think no, I think the country. I think they will. I think the alternatives are quite weak. I think they actually prefer what's his name, the Labour guy, um, Keir Starmer. Keir Starmer. Yeah, then because he's, he's Tory light. Mm, yeah, yeah. Basically, this is my. He point. is a Tory. That's yeah. why. They, that's why they like him because he's basically a Tory. Like, there's no difference mm-hmm. between him and anyone else. I mean, they asked him, "Are you more like uh, Jeremy Corbyn, or are you more like Tony Blair?" And he refused to answer the question, which to me says, "Yeah, he's more like Tony Blair." If no, for and sure, Tony yeah. Blair was a massive centrist, uh, yeah, aka yeah. a Blairite. So mm. yeah, he's a Blairite. So you know, I mean, uh, it's it's just the case of again, like you know how I was discussing with my local election. Mm. I didn't vote because I fucking hate the Labour mm-hmm. councillors that we have at the moment. But I also hate the, the Conservatives, so I just didn't vote. That's how I feel with regards to politics as a whole, not just on the local level, but just nationally. I hate mm. both alternatives. Who I like, who I, who I kind of like, I don't know too much about him, but from what I've seen, he seems to be pretty good, is Andy Burnham. Andy Burnham? What part He's the mayor he? of Manchester, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah. Was it Manchester? Yeah, I think he's the mayor of Manchester. And, and uh, Sultana? I've forgotten her first name, man. She's also good as well. Mm. Um, but, like, th- there's a few names in Labour uh, that I like. Zara Sultana, yeah. Um, there's a few members of, uh, you know, Labour that I do like, but I just don't see any of those names being put up for leadership. And, uh, you know, Keir Starmer, he probably is going to be prime minister at some point. Unfortunately, I don't like him either. I just hate politics in the UK at the moment. I hate what it's become. I mean, the next election is in 2024, um, earliest date. So unless they dissolve it beforehand, which I don't think is going to happen. I'm telling you, they're rats. They're rats. Mm. There's no way they're going to do that. They they will cling on to the last second that they can. Because if they hold an election right now, they get wiped out. They're going to get wiped. So they're going to wait till 2024. um, Mm. And realistically, I mean... I, like I said, I, it might be so far gone that they can't do anything. But, you know, what I read the other day was in order to gain back favour, what Boris is planning to do is bring a uh, right to buy for people who live in housing associations. Okay. So that was a plan that was put forward by Theresa May, but obviously she got removed and it kind of got sent to the back benches. So mm. they've done a few pilots where they, you know, in certain housing associations, they allowed the tenants to buy the properties and so on. Um, and it was something that was supposed to be mass rolled out. That might fuck social housing, but for a lot of people who are housing association uh, association tenants as well, uh, that would be good for them. That only works if you're yeah. also developing more social housing. Exactly. If you're not. Exactly. It only problem. works if you're building more social housing, which, again, they've promised that they would. Mm. They haven't. So, so really, it will just fuck social housing if it goes through, but it might favor, you know, it might gain him favor from the people who are actually going to buy their house. For sure, it will. Yeah, yeah, for sure, it will. So, it's a bit of, you know, you don't really know what's going what's gonna to happen with that. But for example, that is something that they're considering at the moment. And so, I, I don't know, maybe he, he has more things like that up his sleeve that he's hoping will win him favor with the public again. Uh, up until we reach 2024 maybe he's just trying to ride it out at the moment he's going to blame a lot of things on covid um but yeah no i i i do think that they will lose if they go now so this they're definitely going to hold on till the last minute they're rats, yeah, yeah. They're, rats. they're rats this government rats. is just they they will cling on to any semblance of power that mm. they have until the last second well that was a very bright ending 
Uh, we thought we'd end up in a brighter <laughs> place, but in the end, it might. Have I been mean, darker. we watched Multiverse of Madness. I don't know if you want to review that after this thought, discussion. I don't really feel that. like the vibe let's is right, so we'll save that for next week. Yeah. All right. So thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You. That was bloody brilliant.